gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping men figure out who they want to become and what they want to give their life to, and then pushing them to pursue that vision for the rest of their life. My name is Keaton, and I am the host of this podcast, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. Whether this is your first episode or if you've listened before, thank you for checking out this podcast. I say this almost every episode. This podcast is based on a question that my father asked me when I was 23 years old. I was directionless. I was without motivation. I was feeling sorry for myself. And he asked me, he's like, son, do you even know what kind of man you want to be? And I was like, no, I I don't know, dad. I don't know what kind of man I want to be. And he told me I needed to figure that out and pursue that vision for the relentlessly for the rest of my life. And here we are today pursuing that vision relentlessly and helping other men along the way. You know, because like I was directionless at that age and I remember my dad used to tell me all the time and I believe this. Directionless men are dangerous men. They're a menace to society. And when men do not do what God designed them to do, the world falters. And today, just like any other time in history, we need strong and daring men to build and to guard what has been entrusted to them. Before we get into today's episode, happy Good Friday to you and to your family. On this day, just under 2,000 years ago, the greatest man who'd ever lived was crucified for you and for me and for everyone under the sun and throughout all of history so that anyone could come before God in whatever condition they find themselves and seek what God has to offer. And we started a new Easter tradition this morning, me and my family, and one that I'm excited to continue for the rest of our years. Seasonal traditions and rituals are important because they distinguish different times and different seasons. They help us orient our lives to like the world around us. They help transition from different season to season, time to time, so that every day is not the exact same. We need to be able to distinguish between seasons and times in our life. Transition moments, those like those moments matter. Uh, but we also we want to be able to think and reflect on what came before us. Where 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 were we a few years ago? If every day kind of feels the exact same, if it's the same thing over and over and over and over again, if you feel the same at thirty that you felt at twenty one, that's not good. That's called despair. And part of despair is every single day being the exact same forever and ever. So we need to do things that distinguish other days and other seasons from former ones. And within Christianity, that means recognizing, remembering, and setting apart different days for the purpose of observing the past, of observing the life of Jesus. Um, You know, things like Christmas, Easter, even Pentecost, following the church calendar. And one of the things that makes Christmas so special is not Christmas Day by itself, but the lead up, the whole month, the fudge, the Christmas parties. Yes, I led with fudge because fudge is delicious. But it's it's the shopping at the mall and the colors and the music and the trees and the plays at the church, the plays at the theater, the the you go into every retail store and it's got the same songs on replay. That Those things help distinguish a Christmas season so that when you get to Christmas, it feels different. And I know people are like, oh, it's been commercialized. And yeah, you know what? It has, but also it makes all of Christmas feel much more special. And it means we don't have to go to too many <laughs> church Christmas plays. Um, And we can do the exact same with Easter. So our new Easter tradition, and uh, yes, I did say tradition. We do something once, it's called a tradition. That's the Tucker way. You do something once, it's now a tradition. 
doesn't need to be done multiple times. We always spend the first few minutes of our days in bed together, like 15 minutes or so. We drink coffee. Noah has her juice. And uh, recently we've been playing with the flashlight. Noah really likes the flashlight. It's very bright in our eyes, but it's how we start our day as a family. But today, to distinguish the Easter season, we are going to read different parts of the Gospel of John together as a family. Yesterday, the reading was John 13 through 17, which we did solo. We wish we would have done it in bed together, but we did it solo yesterday. John 13 through 17 is the Last Supper. It's the instruction given by Jesus to love one another and to lay down our lives for another. That is what men do. They lay down their lives for one another. And today we read together the crucifixion story, and it hits differently when you read it out loud and together, together with the ones that I would lay my down, lay my life down for, my wife, my child, and my soon-to-be son. And it was an amazing experience. I look forward to doing it again. I hope you can have the same experience on this good Friday as we lead up to the celebration of Easter. Before we jump into today's content, I wanted to give you a few updates. I have started a Substack so that I can add writing in addition to the podcast. And if you're wondering what Substack is, I hadn't really heard of it. I didn't really know what it was. Like, well, I'd heard of it. I'd heard some people mention, I've got a Substack. You can subscribe to my Substack. I heard things like that, but I didn't really know what it was. I thought it was probably like MailChimp or something. And it's kind of like MailChimp, but my brother Dylan was. I was trying to explain to him I wanted to get a website going, and he was like, why don't you just do a Substack? And I was like, what is a Substack? And he goes, he gave a great explanation, very simple. He said, it's essentially YouTube, but for writers, which is awesome because I love to write. It's my favorite part of doing this podcast is the writing. So I went, I checked it out, loved their platform. It's something like, it's a combination of a newsletter, a blog, and a website all on one platform. So whatever I write, you can read it on your phone, you can read it on an app, you can read it in your inbox. It's You can read it directly on my website there. It's awesome. <clears throat> and so I've started this Substack, and it will have some additional projects and ideas that have been on my heart for, man, let me see, a little over a year, I think. And as much as I love doing just this podcast, it's very difficult to talk to such a wide audience from different stages of life. Some of my listeners, they're in their early 20s, some are even in high school, and they're trying to figure out what their life is going to be like. They've got a lot of anticipation, excitement for what the future could bring. Everything is possible. They're very idealistic. And then they haven't they haven't been in their adult years, and then I got some people in their 30s who are ready to build and conquer and, you know, start their families and do all that kind of stuff. And then I've got some people who are, they're married, they don't have kids or they're married with kids. And I've got some people in their sixties and I've, I've got some moms that listen to this podcast. That's a very wide audience. That's kind of hard to reach. I'm cognizant of that when I sit down to write these podcasts. So I always knew the podcast was going to be more than just the podcast. And so today I'm letting you know that I've started a Substack as an initial and I'm initiating a new part of what this will be. And it's called the Institute of Men. I had purchased the Institute of Men domain about a year ago. I just bought it, held on to it, got it from Google domains. And I 
was not sure what I was going to do with it, but I've got a folder that I'm just kind of depositing stuff in. And I'll come back to a little bit about the Institute of Men, but it's going to be made up of three parts, three basic categories. There's going to be the man I want to be, which is this podcast and whatever I write, where we try to talk to all men at different stages of their life, just as we have been doing. And then there's going to be the dad I want to be, uh, with the focus on fathers, no matter your stage of fathering. I'm beginning to ask myself new questions less related to the man I want to be. I know that. Now I'm starting to ask, what kind of father do I want to be? What do I want my kids to say about me when my kids are grown? Those are questions I'm asking. And so now I'm thinking I've got to remove that and place that into a different category. So we've got the man I want to be, the dad I want to want to be, excuse me, and then we have the great men, which is an examination of the greatest men in history, both known and unknown. All of that is available on Substack. It'll all be written. Will there be additional podcasts? Potentially. For now, this podcast will be the only one. But most of the content for the dad I want to be and the great men will be coming in written form. So you're going to want to subscribe and again, I, like I said, it's going to be all under the Institute of Men. It was a dream that I had over a year ago. And I believe the reason I wanted to do the Institute of Men is because as far as I can tell, the best way and the only way to build strong, bold, fearless men, men who are also compassionate, men who do all that men do is through example and through teaching. As far as I can tell, that's the only way you can actually build Men, I don't think it can be done through programs. I don't think it can be legislated. It definitely cannot be legislated. You can't, it can't be really talked at. There actually needs to be examples and there needs to be teaching. Men need other men to imitate. I like, I really, really believe that. And so that means if you're a father, your greatest assignment is teaching your children how to imitate you and how to imitate what is good, right, and true. Like, you must do it. You have to do it. That is your number one assignment if you're a father, is to raise up the next generation, is to teach your sons and daughters how to be good, daring, strong men and women. <clears throat> if you're an older man, maybe your kids are grown. Don't don't stop pouring into them, building them. They need you even when they're older. The idea that people are done with their parents at age 18 is, that's a farce. That's a lie. I thought I need, I was done with my parents at like 12 and by 25, I was like desperate for them. But if you're an older man, go, go find a young man, take him under your wing. Let him learn from you how to be a man. Uh, they're going to catch it. Even if you don't feel like I can't, I don't know how to teach what I do. You know what? But people catch, they catch. It's like more caught than taught. Manhood is more caught than taught, but there's an element of teaching. So find a kid, find a young man you can take under your wing and let him learn from you how to be a man. I promise you, he'll, he will watch everything that you do. If you're in your 20s or your 30s, head over to, like, go get involved with the youth at your church or sign up for one of those uh, boys and girls clubs or something like that. I think go to your church or just find somebody. They Men need other men to imitate. It is the best, it, like it's the best if that man is in their life. And then also, the, the reason it's called the Institute, the Institute of Men is because men learn through example and they learn through teaching. They learn through teaching. 
specifically through writing and the examination of the greatest men. Everything we know, for example, to use Jesus as an example, everything that we know about Jesus came in the written form. I read Jesus' stories and I am, I can imitate and imagine, I can imagine what it was like there and I can try to imitate him in everything that he did. I can also try to imitate my own father because he was in my life. I can try to imitate the great men of history because I can read their their work. I can read biography and I can read their own writing. TR, he's like an obvious example. I love to imitate Theodore Roosevelt. One, because he was a disciple of Jesus. He was an incredible father. That's two. He was a leader in this country. He was an exemplar of what a man can be. So I've got three men that I'm constantly trying to imitate that help me orient myself on how to be a man. I think every man needs to imitate Jesus. I think every man needs a good man in their life that they can learn how to be a man from. And then you can learn from one of the greats in history. I, I deeply believe that. And the Institute of Men, the, what we have, what I've started here today, well, what I started with the podcast and what has grown to today, the Institute of Men covers those three, the man I want to be, the dad I want to be, and then the greats in history so that we can help raise up a generation of men who have no idea what it means to be a man, and we can help put our country that we love so dearly back together. You can check out my Substack by subscribing to it. By All you have to do is go to keatontucker.substack.com. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can just click on it, keatontucker.substack.com. That's where all the information is. Go ahead and subscribe to that, and you will get the podcast uh, and my newsletters and everything that I write will be delivered right to your inbox. So, okay, now we can jump into the actual content for the day. Thank you for sitting through that long, long opener. Today, we're going to talk about things in your way, things that are stopping you from becoming the man that you want to be. They keep you where you are in your own frustration. And at this point in your life, you're like, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to settle. You may not say it that way, but you're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. There is, I've got a list of topics for us to cover that I'm, I'm well acquainted with at this aspect of life. This, this, I, I don't have what it takes to move forward to become the man that I want to be many, many, many times. Like the vision of who I wanted to be was so far in front of where I was that I was ready to give up, to settle, to not make something of myself that wasn't just a far off time in the past either. You've heard a little bit of my story, but that was as recently as two days ago. I was ready to settle. I was ready to coast, to no longer endure the painful toil that is the life of those who want to become something. The reason that we need someone in our ear frequently telling us to go forward, to move forward, to push on, push on, to is because if you go at this alone, you are doomed to settle. You're doomed to settle. You need somebody in your ear to help like push you forward. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you today. Maybe maybe you've got an idea of who you want to be. You want you've listened to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I, I want to be a man of valor. I want to be a man of good courage. I want to be strong and daring. I want to be fearless. I want to lead my family and take responsibility. I want to take part in work that matters, fighting the a good fight. I want to make a difference in someone's life, maybe even greater than just one person. I want to make a difference in the world. 
maybe you want to be a man of character, a man of good presence, someone that people like to have around, a man your wife and others admire and look up to as an exemplar and as a leader. You want your life to be more than video games, a few beers, and fantasy football. You've PR'd your bench press, your squat. I'm here for it. Get as strong as you can. Absolutely. But you're also wondering if your spiritual strength will ever measure up to the strength of your body. Or of maybe wondering, you know, if you're not much of a man because you aren't that strong at all. But you have a good heart, which others just call soft. Maybe that's you. Maybe you think of yourself as nothing more than a mechanic, a barista, a trainer, a creative. On your fourth job this year, hoping you don't go back to Chick-fil-A or maybe you're cleaning carpets at the movie theater and the question, what do you do for work, has become the question you dread because the answer immediately causes people to think less of you. Or at least you think it does. If someone asked you to pray, you wouldn't know what to say. It's embarrassing for you. You, you, You're in dread if people ask you for advice because you don't know what you would say. You don't know if it would even be helpful. But secretly, man, you wish that someone would ask you at least one question just to prove that someone cares about what you have to say. They care about your opinion. Or maybe you're filled with shame for past mistakes that no one can know about so you hide it from the public but it's on repeat in your mind day by day by day it's just playing over and over and over in your mind nobody knows about it but you can't stop thinking about it maybe your shame is linked to the surmounting amount of debt that you find yourself in how did i get so much and how did it get there so quickly you think to yourself I will never be as smart or as successful as fill in the blank with the person you see daily who looks like they have it all together. You tell yourself, I'm a shadow of a man. Yeah, Keaton, it's nice that your father asked you what kind of man you wanted to be and he was present with you throughout your life and he was your coach and a Boy Scout leader and he had dinner with you. That's great. I'm happy for you. But my dad left when I was nine years old, so I've had to fend for myself and teach myself. Yeah, you know, I might want my life to be more than it currently is, and I want to become the man I know I could be, the man I envision, but, you know, here I am on my couch again for another for another round of Netflix and chill by myself. I'll crack another beer, I'll pour another drink, open another bag of chips, and let my life be what my life is. It is what it is. Sure, I'm angry about it, but... You can't let people see your anger. That might be labeled as toxic, and that would just make my life worse to be labeled as toxic because I have emotions for the upbringing that I had. Yeah, It's better just to sink into this couch, a stone of a man or a sloth of a man, depending on the day. Who needs men anyway? I've heard no one. Or maybe you might say, I wouldn't even know how to be a man if I tried. I've tried. I gave a good effort. I followed the advice of this podcast. I went to church but it didn't connect. What are all those songs y'all sing, by the way? I tried the books. I've tried the podcasts. I've tried the workouts, but I think I'm just going to accept my life as it is. And such is the story of many men every single day. The things that I just listed, one of those may have resonated with you if you're one of my listeners because they're common to men. You're in good company. I've met with a lot of men, every, almost every single one of those comes from men that I have talked to. Not all of them, one of them that I put together in that little jingle. Jingle, who says jingle? It's a good thing I don't edit this podcast because now that's going to be on record for everyone to laugh at. I've talked to a lot of men, 
mentored a lot of men, been friends with a lot of men, and a lot of men have whispered something in my ear about one of the things I just said. And they feel ashamed, and they don't feel like they're a man at all. And what you struggle with or you think to yourself, it's common to all men. And it's because of those feelings that you keep so close to those chests, the ones that you keep close, you ignore, they're linked to something that is in your way. You look like a man, but internally you don't feel like a man and you don't feel like the one that you could be. I, I know what that's like. And what is described above, it's not new. The conditions above, you could say, are men who feel distressed. They feel bitter in soul. They feel indebted. David led men who were distressed, who were bitter in soul, and who were indebted. In fact, that's how all, all of the men that came to David in the cave, they were all, that's how they were all described. Every man who was bitter and distressed and in debt came to David, and he became their leader. And in fact, it was those men who came to him, who followed him, who received a new purpose. They were bitter and distressed when they met him, but they left with a new purpose. And these men who were dead on the inside, they became the mightiest warriors in all of Israel. When Jesus shows up on the scenes 2,000 years ago, he's in a similar situation. He finds himself looking at a mass of people who most of them are men, and he has compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, to quote the scripture. Sheep without a shepherd, which means they were lost, they were beaten down. They had no one to lead them. Nobody cared for them. They were just trying to get by and survive and do what they could. They were bitter and angry, frustrated. None of their leaders had helped. No one had strengthened the weak. No one had brought back those who were strayed. No one searched for the lost. No one helped them in their bitter distress as Rome just pressed their finger underneath and their spiritual leaders of the time sat in the comfort of their synagogues and churches and temples enjoying their wealth while the people suffered. Maybe not even enjoying their wealth as much as enjoying their comfort, enjoying the little family that they had in the temple while they neglected the people who were under the thumb of Rome. That's what the people that Jesus showed up to help. Who do you think was in those crowds? Was it just women? No. No, it was men who needed someone to teach them how to be men, a specific kind of man, a man of God. So he sees this crowd. Jesus sees this crowd of men. There were women there too, but he sees this crowd of men and women and he has compassion on them and he opens up his mouth to give them a word. And the first thing that he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Or to put it another way, blessed are those who have nothing to offer. Blessed are those who are at the end of themselves, forgotten and directionless and hopeless and the ones who feel they are beyond God's help. Never mind his blessing. I'm just beyond, I don't need God's blessing. I'm just beyond his help. I've gone too far. Maybe God didn't even have an interest in me. These are the, these are the people they're written off and despised. And Jesus says, blessed are you blessed are the spiritual zeros, the bankrupt, the deprived, the deficient, those who don't even have a wisp of religion. The first thing Jesus gives these men is immediate reassurance that God is there to help them with whatever they need, which means he is there to help them with the entirety of their life. And believe me, I've said this before on the podcast. I'm saying it again. You need God. You need his help. You aren't the man that you want to be. Not yet. I'm not the man that I want to be. Not yet. But you can become it with the help of heaven. 
with the help that comes from Jesus himself. He is ready to help anyone who will accept his invitation to life, a life that cannot be shaken by anything. You look out in our world today and you see a world that is shaking. It's falling apart. Earthquake comes and just it, it destroy like a, a metaphorical earthquake is shaking our culture and our, our society and everything that can be shaken is shaking. And Jesus offers a life. He promises a life. He promises to teach you how to live in a way that cannot be shaken. And as someone who was formerly dead inside, I was, I was dead inside. I was a shadow of the man that I could be. I can attest that I am the man that I am because of Jesus. It's not because of the books I read. Those helped a little bit. It's not because of the workouts I did. It's not because of the discipline in my life. And it's not just because of my father, my mother, and the foundation they laid. No, no, no. Those were all there, but I was still dead inside because I didn't have the life that came from Jesus and I did not have his help. And he patiently waited and worked until he got me all by myself at the lowest of lows. When I was at my lowest of lows, I was stronger than I'd ever been. I was in better shape than I'd ever been. I was a top level CrossFit athlete and I was at my lowest of lows. I looked like a man on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. Dying. I'm talking like two two to three workouts every single day in shape, real strong and dead on the inside. Shadow of the man. I was a jerk. I wasn't gentle. I thought I was um, emo- like uh, like a strong, powerful man, not just physically, but in some, I wouldn't have even said spiritually because I didn't have a, another part to describe, but we'll say even a strong man. I thought I was a strong man spiritually, but really I wasn't. There was nothing there. I've been there. Dead on the inside. You need him. He'll strengthen your soul, your mind. He'll increase your boldness. He'll 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 give you. He'll make you strong. He'll also make you gentle. He'll give you a gentle heart. He'll help you become both compassionate and fearless. And you need both. He will fill you with both truth and grace, so that you may be able to answer any person. You need him. The first thing in your way to becoming the man that you want to be is you're attempting to do the whole thing on your own without. God. Even if you're in church most Sundays, you might still be trying to live your life on your own. I do it all the time. All the time. Just a couple weeks ago, for the last couple weeks, for whatever reason, I decided I was going to do life on my own. I didn't. It wasn't a conscious choice, but in the words of Jesus and John, I stopped abiding in the vine. I stopped relying on God. I stopped seeking God. And I just decided, I'm, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. And <laughs> I, I, I did not got this. I did not got this. But even if you're in church on most Sundays, you might still be trying to do life on your own. Like I said, just said, you don't go into, and you don't need to go into church and you don't need to sing louder That's not going to help get you closer to God. You don't need to do another study. You don't need to do any of that. You you know what you need to do? You need to be honest with your maker, with your father, and you need to be like, I need you. And you need to be honest. Be honest. I remember praying with a guy, a guy I love, Um, and the only thing that he could do when he prayed was apologize to God. That's all he could do. I know this guy. And the things that he was, he wasn't apologizing for sin. He was apologizing for being far away. 
And I lifted, I paused him and I said, hey, you don't need to say you're sorry again. God knows. And he's, he's just ready to hear what's, what's got your heart hurting. What's, what's a burden on your shoulders? What do we need to get? What do we need help with? He's like, I, I got it. I know you. you're sorry. It's okay. You need to be honest. You need to face your darkness by admitting it to the one who calls himself light. Light always drives out darkness. We can't go into the other things that are in your way if we do not first bring you back to a place where you realize how badly you need God. And like I said, I'm talking to myself right now, just as much as I'm talking to you. It was a crappy few weeks in my own strength. So why don't you today take some time to admit that you need God's help. Face your darkness so that he can help you move forward. And do it simply. All you got to do is say, God, I need you. God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Things are not working out the way I thought they would. I need you. I need you. I need you. You can become a good man. You absolutely can become a good man. You, when, By coming to Jesus, you do not lose any sense of strength. You don't lose anything that makes you feel macho. You don't lose any of that. What you actually get is the real thing. You get the real thing. I said this before. Jesus was not afraid of anybody. He walked right into a temple knowing he was going to be killed, and he did what was right anyway. That's what men do when they're unafraid. They can do what's right anyway. They have discipline and control over their own bodies, over their tongues, and they're not afraid to say the things that need to be said. They're not afraid to take rocks for people who have rocks thrown at them. They're not afraid to defend anybody. They're bold and daring. They're strong. But you need him. Man, you need him. And Easter weekend is the great time, greatest time to say, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. So today, I hope you can find some time to do that so that you can become the man that God has always intended you to become. And, you know, next week and in the, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about some other things that are in your way, attitudes, habits, addictions, patterns of thinking, things like that that might be in your way from becoming the man that you want to be. Self-sufficiency, we'll talk about that one for sure, a little bit more than we talked about it today. We'll talk about these things so that you can become the man that God had always intended you to be. But as Jesus promised, he says in the scripture, like, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he means it. I've experienced it. So take some time today. Reacquaint yourself with God, even if you're far from him. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. This is the Man I Want to Be podcast. If you don't mind, leave us a five-star review. Share this with a friend. That means the world to me. It helps us out a lot. It helps with all of our other projects. Don't forget to check out my substack, keatontucker.substack.com. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.